0: I can't wait for you to experience the magic of this beautiful gratitude journal for mothers. You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms and today's episode is brought to you by Docatot. Calling all mamas, if you're expecting or have a newborn, then listen closely because I'm about to change your life. Docatot are the trusted experts in baby comfort and safety. This lifestyle brand is made for the modern parent and creates functional solutions for feeding, playing, resting, sleeping, lounging and beyond. From the award-winning dock to whimsical play tents and nursing pillows that double as home decor, the Docatot brand grows with families through every stage and phase. Your baby deserves the best of the best, and you do too, Mama. And My listeners will get the best deal they offer, get 15% off with the code 3IN30 at Dockatop.com. I was first introduced to Docatot by my little sister who was so obsessed with her dock that she packs it in her suitcase when she travels. If you haven't seen these ingenious cushions, they're a comfy, protected place for a baby to lounge, play, cuddle, and get diaper changes. A little dock for your little human. Babies, mamas, and gift givers, this is the best brand you can buy for the precious child you love most. Get 15% off at dockatot.com with code 3 and 30 That's 15% off with the code 3 and 30 at dockatot.com. D-O-C-K-A-T-O-T dot com. It seems there is no end to discouraging headlines and distressing current events in our world today. From school shootings to natural disasters, heated political divisions to contagious diseases, the world can feel like a confusing and even dangerous place to us as adults. So how on earth do we talk to our children about this stuff? And a more important question might be, should we talk to our children about this stuff? Or should we just try to keep them shielded from the tough realities of our world for as long as possible? To help us answer this question today, we have an expert guest who's worked with educating children for decades. Dr. Taryn Fletcher started as an elementary school teacher, then became a middle school principal, and finally a school district superintendent. She has now founded Truly POC Inc., where she helps people and organizations pivot from the safe and status quo to bold, intentional, and focused actions that prioritize equity and belonging. Dr. Fletcher studied educational leadership and innovation at Wilmington University, where she wrote her dissertation on culturally relevant teaching practices and teacher self-efficacy. She has close to two decades of experience coaching leaders, designing innovative school models, and transforming communities through education. She also has three school-aged children of her own, ages 16, 7, and 2, and she's very active in her community, advocating for historically marginalized communities and volunteering at church with her husband. I know you're going to learn so much from her, so let's dive right into the episode. Here we go. Dr. Taryn Fletcher, welcome to 3 and 30. We're so excited to have you.
1: Wow, thank you so much. I'm so proud to be here. Like, I am a fan of the show, so this oh, is exciting. Well, thank you.
0: <laughs> that means so, so much. And you what you teach is so valuable and so important. As I mentioned in that introduction, the world is... It is a lot. (laughs) And maybe it's always been this way, but it seems like in the last few years, things are really amping up. And I don't know if that's just because with our modern media, we know so much more than we used to know. And news is so immediate and it's kind of in your face. And it can be a lot for adults to handle, let alone kids. And so I guess I just want to start by asking you the question that I mentioned in that intro Should we be talking to our kids about tough topics and current events and things going on in the world? Or should we be kind of trying to protect them from that information?
1: Mm -hmm. So listen, we have to respect the feeling state, right? I mean, when you mentioned that it just feels like there's so much happening in the world today and it feels different than before. I think we need to respect that because Mm -hmm. what is different is we do have so much more access. And so- When you ask the question, should we be hiding our children from the world and what's happening around the world, or should we be talking about it, my perspective is we should be talking about it. Hmm. And the reason being is because if your kids own smartphones or they eavesdrop on adults while they're speaking, I mean, my kids, they can easily be seen around the kitchen table or around the hallway door listening to an adult conversation that I'm having, Mm -hmm. maybe it's not even about the news, but I'm not talking to them, right? (laughs) Um, As long as that's happening, they are overhearing what's happening in the Mm -hmm. world, right? And Mm -hmm. so the news is overwhelming. It's intimidating enough and discussing it can be that much harder, but we can't continue to ignore the fact that we need to have the talk about the hard stuff.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. Because
1: for one reason alone, it can keep our kids safe. Yeah. Specifically for me. Right. I am a black woman. I have black children. The talk is not new to our family. Right. The talk used Mm -hmm. to be associated with black and brown families and their kids months, if not sometimes even years before they take driver's ed. Right. To just think about. What we have to do differently when we exit our bubble, our safe haven, our home, and we go out into the world, right? The talk yeah. for Black and Brown families years and years and years ago, up until now, was meant to keep our children safe, period, right? Yeah. But the world works differently now. We are much more integrated than before. Our young people have so much intersectionality between their communities and cultures that the talk really belongs in everyone's household today.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And talks, not just the talk, like many, many talks. Many talks. Yeah. (laughs) The talk, as you use it, I think encapsulates any sort of tough topic that we may think, oh, I don't know. My kids are ready for that. You know, Mm -hmm. it. Because you're absolutely right that they are hearing about it. They're hearing snippets from their peers, from the news, from adult conversations. And they're piecing together what they think that these topics mean without the guidance of loving, wise adults. And it's our job to come in and help them navigate and help them not be alone in their scary feelings about the things that they're learning. Wouldn't we much rather be able to be the guide for them? versus pretend that they're not going to hear about it and leave them on their own.
1: Absolutely. The talk covers a range of subjects. I mean, we're facing topics like guns, race, power, religion, oppression, privilege, Mm -hmm. money, war, police, protests. I mean, all of this, you might think, oh, my goodness, my six-year-old can't dare hear any of it. The fact is, is that if they have access to a smartphone or if they're eavesdropping on your conversations, there's really no topic that's off limits right now.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And so we have to think about ways to have these tough conversations with our kids on a daily basis and just create the atmosphere where there's a normalcy around talking about tough topics.
0: Yes. Yeah. On the daily. I love that you mentioned that it should just be part of your family culture. Yeah. You will talk about tough stuff Mm -hmm. and they can bring stuff to you. And your three takeaways really are going to teach us how to do this. Yes. So moms listening may feel, (laughs) yeah, they're thinking I want to do this, but oh, my word. How would I even start? I don't even know how to explain school shootings to myself, let alone to my child. So let's start with your first takeaway of how we have these tough conversations with our kids.
1: Yes. So, takeaway number one specifically addresses the how depending on the age of the child. So, children want to talk about the hard stuff, but they need our guidance in navigating that information that they've collected along the way, right? Because they listen to our conversations. They've found an ad or something on their smartphone. Their friends may be talking about it. There may be dinner conversations around it. And so they need help guiding that information gathering that they've been doing and thinking about it in their own way. And so the first how is really thinking about what your child has access to already, depending on their age and being able to talk to them about that in an age-appropriate way. Mm -hmm. So how you talk about Uvalde, for example, because there were so many families that had to talk about the Uvalde school shooting in Texas this past summer, right? With five and six-year-olds. My daughter Mm -hmm. was six at the time and we had to talk about it.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: so what that looked like was... I'll be honest with you, Rachel. At first, when everything was happening on the news and it engulfed my attention, and here Mm. comes my little one coming in the door, the first thing I did was muted the news, (laughs) Mm. and I thought, "Oh, which is good. You're right." I well, Rachel, she can read, (laughs) (laughs) so it didn't it didn't shield anything. She actually read the headlines. And what does media do to make sure that everyone? regardless of their literacy level, right, have access to the news, they make it very clear and simple that even a six-year-old could read. Mm -hmm. So she could read that there were students and teachers that were killed. And so she had questions, right? And so that's exactly where we start with little ones. When they ask you a question about a tough topic, go ahead And guide them through that answer. And so what that looked like in my household, my daughter specifically asked me, is it safe to go to school, mommy? Mm -hmm. And as much as I, (laughs) in the moment, wanted to say no, the truth was that her school was safe and school is generally safe, right? So Mm -hmm. I had to say that to her. I said, you know what? Yes, school is generally safe. But this time in our life is reminding us of how important it is for you to be really paying attention when you do those drills at school. And she talked about having practiced them. And she said to me, you know, mommy, my teacher's a rock star and I know she'll keep us safe. Mm -hmm. And that was so important for us to hold on to because she understood she had a safe adult in her school, just like she has one at home. And that she can rely on them.
0: Mm -hmm. And as for a six-year-old, you don't need to say, well, even rock star teachers sometimes can't keep their students safe. Like that is a conversation to have with your upper teen, young adult children. If you want to talk more about the nuances of this and gun control and all of those things, you don't need to have that with a six-year-old. So you can let her feel safe in her school and leave it at that while also still allowing her to know that this event happened so she's not scared when she hears little tidbits around on the news.
1: Exactly. Because the truth is, I mean, anywhere, anything can happen, right? So you really should have a limit on how far you want to go with this. You could go anywhere and something tragic can happen. But it shouldn't Mm -hmm. stop us from getting in cars, living our lives, and being fruitful and happy in our everyday being, right? And so Mm
0: -hmm. it's
1: this idea that, yes, this happened. Yes, this is a real thing. But you don't have to be terrified about your everyday life because as long as there are adults that you can trust and you have a circle of safety around you, which we're all working to do as parents then that is something you want to help them keep with them as they travel through the world. And that's at any age, really. Yeah, At any age, that's important to instill in your children, that there are people you can trust.
0: Mm -hmm. And I imagine, I mean, you have a unique situation in that you have a wide range of age (laughs) of children. Yes. So you have a two-year-old and then you have a teenager. Yes. And I'm sure that the conversation that you had with your teenager was different than the conversation that you had with your six-year-old.
1: Very much so, Rachel. And, you know, takeaway number two directly speaks to our Gen Z population because I have a 16-year-old. And so takeaway number two around having tough topics or talking about tough topics with young people would be to check in on your kid's mental health first. You know, Mm. with my 16-year-old, Uvalde wasn't the first time he had witnessed a news headline like this. In fact, it might have been the sixth, maybe, or seventh time.
0: Which is just so sad.
1: So sad, right? So he was numb. I was actually a little more worried about the fact that he wasn't as vocal. Mm. And so... He needed more time. And so I checked in on his mental health first. Before jumping into that discussion and wanting him to share what he thought or what I thought about it, I just wanted to know how he was feeling. He often used the words, I'm okay. And then about 12 to 24 hours later, he was ready to say that, you know, sometimes he doesn't feel okay and sometimes he wonders about his safety. But for the most part, He's willing to keep going and and go through the day as normal. But he was able to say that about 12 to 24 hours later. And so mm-hmm. I think we need to give our Gen Zers, specifically our teens and our young adults, time to process by simply checking in on their mental health
0: first. Yeah, for sure. And how, how do you do that? What questions you ask to check in on their mental health? Well... First
1: and foremost, I think it's really important to just ask the question, how are you? As simple Mm -hmm. as as that. How are you doing? And if that feels too broad for your team, then specifically ask, how are you doing now that you've heard what's on the news? Mm -hmm. What are your friends saying about it? What kind of threads are you seeing about it? Because our young people our Gen Zers. They're on their phones
0: mm-hmm.
1: most of the day, right? 95% of Gen Zers have phones, smartphones, and they're on them scrolling for hours and hours throughout the day. So sometimes you want to ask questions specifically about the threads. What are people saying? And just kind of check in on their perspective. And that helps really guide the next step for you. Is, is the perspective that they're having one that you find to be healthy Is it one Mm. that they are kind of stuck to or are they grappling with this perspective? Depending on that answer of how are you doing and what kind of news are you seeing about the topic will help you kind of go a little bit further about what to do next.
0: Yeah. And especially if they are getting their news from social media, which we know isn't news. Right. It can be valuable to see What they're hearing from social media, is it through a lens that's actually accurate? Is it through a politicized lens? Is there an agenda to it? And having these conversations with them about, hmm, what do you think about that? That seems Mm -hmm. like there's a little bit of an agenda underneath Mm -hmm. that message. What do you think? And helping them to build some media literacy. But they're not going to get that unless you have these conversations with them.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And with this, is why ignoring the conversation is a lot worse than what you're wanting to do, which is be helpful and to create safety.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And here's the truth Gen Zers are getting their news from social media.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: They're actually not engaging in other forms of news unless it's inside of schools, which is why we really need for our teachers to continue to be brave and we need to support them in being brave when they present multiple perspectives to our young people during the classroom day, they need to do that. We need to do that at home because Mm -hmm. in the event that most of our young people are getting their news from social media, there is likely to be one perspective that they're absorbing over and over again. Mm -hmm. And that is not what helps generate more inclusivity, diversity. It's not what helps you grow when you just see one perspective in the world in one way. And so teachers need to be given that support and that rallying cry to continue to be brave and talk about tough topics in the classroom with sharing more than one perspective on any topic. And we have to do the same at home by knowing what our kids are thinking, asking those questions and providing them with more than one perspective when we talk to them about it.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I think with algorithms, you see more of the things you like. So if you engage with a certain viewpoint a lot, then it will eventually become that that's the only viewpoint that you see in your feeds. Those are the headlines that you see. And that makes you a less critical thinker if you're not even seeing anything from another side of an issue. So if our kids are liking certain things and following certain threads, they may not have any context to understand another viewpoint, another side, a different angle, a different life experience. And so it is so important to introduce them and talk to them about these different topics and angles. Another thing that I really thought of when you mentioned the importance of checking in on the mental health is before you just assume that you should talk to them about something really big and hard that happened in the world, and you jump in deep (laughs) into that conversation, knowing how much they can handle is important because there's times when I can't go that deep with current events because right. I am in a tenuous place in my mental health and I have the ability to self-monitor and say, I'm not in a place where I can read a lot about this right now. It's important that I know that it's going on, but like we're we're staying surface level until I'm in a better place with my mental health and then I will dive in and learn more. And a kid's they may not be able to do that self-monitoring as much or as easily as adults. And so for us to just check in with them first, how are they doing overall mentally and not just dive in and give them every angle and everything when they can't handle it at that moment in their young life?
1: So true. And that's why we start by checking in first and then seeing where they're able to go and monitoring your own Mm. mental state and mental health while you're in that and I want every mom and family to understand that if a topic feels a little bit out of their league, tell them so. Go ahead and Hmm. say, you know, I don't feel equipped to talk about this. How about we both take a step back and I need a chance to maybe think about what I think and feel about this topic. Or maybe I want to read something. We want to model how to be an educated consumer for our young people. We need to model that. And it's okay Mm -hmm. to say just what you said. Like, sometimes I'm not ready to take this on. I love that you asked that question. Let me take some time to think about what I think about it. You do the same. And when we come back together, we'll have a conversation.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But at least they know it's not off limits. That's the important part.
0: Yes. Yes. And I think allowing them to see our emotions and just saying, I'm having a really hard time. This news was really hard for me, Mm -hmm. um, you know, today about the school shooting and I'm sad and I'll come back and talk to you more about it when I'm not feeling so sad. But you can feel sad, too, or you can feel whatever you feel and it's okay. But the topics aren't off limits. Right. Right. Let's take a quick break to thank this episode's sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Rothy's, the ingenious company that repurposes plastic water bottles into their signature thread that they use to make shoes, bags, and more. It's late fall here in Idaho, which means we may get the occasional dusting or dump of snow. And it's truly beautiful. One of my fall obsessions is sweaters, light and breezy sweaters, chunky sweaters or cardigans to throw on over a t-shirt, Whatever sweater I choose, I know it will look great with my Rothi shoes, which I wear all year long, no matter the season. I have the point in Portobello and the sneaker in Desert Cat, which are both beautiful and neutral slip-ons that are so great for a busy mom. Rothy's also makes lace-up sneakers, as well as loafers, boots, and more in styles for women and men. I think I may need to check out their boots for my winter wardrobe. The best part is everything Rothy's makes is better for the planet. Let Rothy's be your new obsession for fall and every season after. Rothy's shoes are comfortable right out of the box, come in amazing styles and colors, and you can wash them. Get stylish shoes versatile and durable enough to wear all the time with Rothy's. Get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash 3 and 30 That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash 3 and 30 This podcast is also sponsored by Better Health Online Therapy. In today's episode, we're talking about helping our kids understand, discuss, and cope with the turmoil in our current world. To be that steady place for them, we need to have a place to process our own difficult emotions and questions with the uncertainty that surrounds us. That's where therapy can help. Therapy has helped me strengthen my emotional capacity to process the news and the hard things I face in my life. It didn't happen overnight, but as I've worked on strengthening my emotional wellness, it's helped me feel better equipped to help my children build theirs. BetterHelp makes it easy to get started with a counselor in the midst of your busy mom life. You simply fill out a confidential questionnaire at betterhelp.com slash 3 and 30 and they will match you with a counselor within about 48 hours. You can meet with your therapist via video, phone, or even live chat sessions, which makes it so convenient. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash 3 and 30 today to get 10% off your first month. That's better, H-E-L-P dot slash three and 30. And then what's your third takeaway for us? Yeah,
1: so the third takeaway really has to do with when we think about being in the room with families. I think about the holidays. I think about how already we're planning what conversations we're not going to have, right? And so my third takeaway is to enter difficult conversations as a learner and a listener specifically during the holidays this year, don't go tackle tough topics without a plan. Think about the fact that you know you're going to talk about something difficult or you may enter that conversation that way, but it should not result in relationships that are ruined. Your relationships can stay intact and you can still have a tough conversation. So Mm -hmm. one thing to do is to think about yourself as, a learner, enter in the conversation as not to debate, not to change minds or beliefs, but just to learn from someone else's perspective. Learn from someone who thinks differently than you and just be able to walk away sometimes when you think differently about something. It doesn't have to change how you feel about that person.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you do this? <laughs> I feel like it's easier said than done. All of your educational research and in your experience in school districts, you have some strategies yeah. that you teach teachers of how to navigate these kinds of conversations, right? Yeah. Can you teach us a little bit? So I have a little
1: protocol. It's really simple. You can do it with a group as small as three people. So, and again, this discussion protocol is for having difficult conversations, but taking a learner stance and being able to build that self and social awareness muscle by being an active listener and building your communication skills. So here's how it goes. If you are in a group of three, right, each of you will stand in a circle, kind of like you would as if you were standing around a table and whatever topic comes to play, let's say Roe v. Wade, the reversal, right, (laughs) comes into the conversation. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. (laughs) What you want to do in that moment is say, okay, wait, I want to have this conversation, but I really want to learn from each of you when we talk about it. So we're going to each talk for one minute, and sometimes it's helpful to hold something that makes you the speaker while everyone else doesn't have something in their hand, which makes them the listener. The rules of this is that you speak for one minute. So you can set your little iPhone timer. You talk about the topic for one minute and the two listeners must stay quiet. Hmm. They cannot interrupt. They cannot rebuttal because that's really where it all, all the arguments stem from the fact that we haven't listened. We've prepped the rebuttal. Hmm. We haven't listened. Hmm. And so That's already going to naturally happen. But with a plan and a little protocol like this, it forces you to activate your listening skills and it allows someone to speak without interruption. And then really think about, are the words coming out of my mouth truly the things that I believe? When you have that free speaking time without interruption and you know you have it, you're more intentional about the things that you say. Mm. And then you let each person have a minute. And after everyone has gotten a chance to speak with one minute uninterrupted, you can talk together collectively now. And the purpose, again, was to build a new perspective, a perspective you didn't have already.
0: Yeah. So is this an exercise that you have done with students in a classroom with different topics? Students and adults. Yeah. Because I love the idea of taking it to your relationships as well Mm -hmm. and saying, Hey, let's just try this. Let's let everybody express for one minute. And we truly are listening. We're not ready to jump in and correct and whatever else. We're just listening to each person's perspective and then we can talk together. Yes. Seems like a lot of understanding would be built just from simply hearing each other out.
1: Yes. And then you easily find that folks that aren't really ready to listen, right? Because they are in the room. Okay. (laughs) So let's be honest. Mm -hmm. There's going to be someone that you try this with that they refuse to let you speak, right? And they jump in. But that's your cue to exit the conversation in a way that still allows you to have peace, right? Right. Oh, wow. If we can't even listen to one another and use this protocol as like a helpful one minute of having me have my time and you have yours, I'm not sure we're ready to have this conversation. So I'm going to ease on out. I'm going to back out of this conversation and come back to another one when maybe it's not so hostile or it's not so dramatic, right? So it gives you boundaries that you can activate in the moment. It gives you something to rely on that's safe and it's structured. And you can leave with your relationships intact.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is the most important thing. So is this something you have done with your own children? Like, like I envision this being something you could do as like a family activity with different topics.
1: You could totally do it at the dinner table. And I have. Mm -hmm. We always need to remind the adults sometimes of the protocol. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what I want us to also remember. The adults don't get to go rogue because we're older. young people are people. So they should be respected, even if where their little voices and their smaller spaces that they're taking up. So Mm adults, yes, you have to sit and let your 13 year old tell you what they really think about the world without judgment, and without the goal of making them believe or think what you believe or think. And when Mm -hmm. it's your turn, You get to stand on that podium and say what you need to say, and then collectively together at the end, once everyone has had a minute to speak, you can have one minute of collective conversation and ask those probing questions that you were thinking when your team was talking.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is such a powerful protocol that I am excited to try, and I know listeners will be excited to try. And I know you have a lot more strategies like this that you teach to educators largely. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your work in case somebody who's listening wants to learn more from you?
1: Yes, so I help leaders, parents, educators. I help you pivot from the safe and status quo to more bold and intentional and focused actions that prioritize equity and belonging. And so equity and belonging happens everywhere. It happens in your home it happens in the community, it happens in your schools. So all of these strategies that may feel mainly accessible for a teacher are absolutely Mm. available and accessible to you as a parent. Because again, Mm. equity is everywhere.
0: Yeah. So if they want to learn more with you and from you, where should they start?
1: Yes. So all of my social media handles are at Dr. Taryn Fletcher. So that's one way to access me very quickly. And also, if you go to my website, trulypocevolution.com backslash tough topics, you'll have the opportunity to access that protocol we were just talking about And a ton more tools that will help you have difficult conversations with your young people all the way from five to 25 and above, if that's what you're hoping to do.
0: Well, great. And we'll put those links in the show notes so that listeners can easily access that. And Dr. Fletcher, we're just so grateful for your time today and that you came on. And thank you for adding your expertise to 3 and 30. Thank you. I hope after listening to that conversation, you're feeling a bit more equipped to have conversations with your children around tough topics. Just remember that you don't have to do this perfectly or know exactly what to say. It's just important for our kids to know that no topic is off limits and they can come to us to make sense of or at least find some security in our tumultuous world. As you have these conversations, remember Dr. Fletcher's three takeaways. First, consider the age and emotional maturity of your child when deciding how you'll talk to them. You won't talk to a six-year-old about a school shooting in the same way that you would talk to a 16-year-old about it. Ask them what they've heard about the topic at school or from snippets of adult conversations, and then help them put the puzzle pieces together in a way that's age-appropriate and helps them feel safe. Can also be really helpful to simply ask your child of any age what questions they have and use their questions to guide the discussion. You don't have to dive deeper than what they're already wondering about because these conversations can be ongoing and evolve over time. Second, check in with your teenager's emotional wellness before jumping into a discussion with them. Can they emotionally handle a deep dive into a hard topic right now? And try not to launch into a lecture about what your general Zer should or should not think, feel, or believe about these tough topics. Rather, ask questions to better understand their perspective before sharing your perspective. Help them build tools for media literacy and help them expand their perspective beyond one limited viewpoint. And third, enter into difficult conversations as a learner and a listener. Let me say that again. Your role in tough conversations is to be a learner and a listener first, not a lecturer. During the holidays this year, you can talk about the hard stuff with family and friends, but keep your relationships intact by having a listening protocol. Consider trying out the talk circle that Dr. Fletcher presented in this episode, where everyone gets a chance to share thoughts without interruption for one minute before you all discuss together. The goal of the Talk Circle is to build new perspectives, not to debate, change minds or beliefs, but to learn from someone who might think differently from you. I wish we didn't live in a world where we have to talk to our kids about gun violence, racial inequality, heart-wrenching natural disasters, and so much more. But since we do live in that world, let's do our part to prepare our kids to be the change makers this world needs by teaching them from a young age how to confront difficult topics as informed thinkers and compassionate problem solvers. Our kids will be better and more stable as a result of our efforts, and so will our world. As always, I'm rooting for you as you do this important work in your homes. You've got this, and I hope you'll have a beautiful week with your family.
1: I'm Stacey Ta. And I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne. Right, sorry, I was about to get on a soapbox again.